Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Good morning, you do woo family. I'm saying good morning because I am sitting here in the morning with my cup of coffee and I started doing a little ritual when I record where I have my hot coffee and I have a candle that I light to sort of set the mood and just sort of create a little bit of a sacred space before I press record. So that has been a fun thing that I've been putting into practice the past few weeks. It's been an interesting couple of months. Definitely September has been interesting. (laughs) This is the last episode of September. And then we're getting into a new season. I hope that you guys have enjoyed this solo episode. So I recorded a ton of interviews in the spring and early summer. And then I took a long break. I had batched a whole bunch of episodes for y'all. So I took a pretty decent break in the second half of the summer. And since then, I have not gotten any interviews on the calendar, but there are several that we're choosing dates for. I haven't booked any interviews to record just yet, but I will be doing so in October. So if there is anybody that you in particular want to hear from, that you want me to interview, that you want me to have on the show, send me a DM and let me know. We have a couple of really awesome projectors coming up, and I'm actually going to talk about projectors quite a bit in this episode, but please stay tuned even if you're not a projector because this has to do with YouTube. So I have a couple of really awesome, like, dude, rock star projectors that have, I don't, they're just super influential women that are coming on the show soon. And what else do I have going on right now? This coming weekend is the first annual You Do Woo Retreat. I'm so excited. A couple of weeks ago, if you would have talked to me, I was like super stressed out because I am doing this all on my own. I didn't hire somebody as like a retreat planner. I've planned a lot of retreats in the past, just not for You Do Woo yet. So I know what I'm doing, but it's a big group of women and there's a lot of moving parts and I was like so stressed a few weeks ago and now everything's just coming together and falling into place and I'm excited. So that's going on this coming weekend. I'm sure I will update you afterwards and let you know how it went. I'm my like soul is thinking I want to do these maybe twice a year. So I know this is the first annual, but I sort of want to do these twice a year. So stay tuned. If that's something you're interested in, I might be toying around with doing one in early 2024. So stay tuned and I'll have more information on that. I just want to 
do this first one <laughs> and learn all my lessons from it and enjoy it and soak it in before I start planning the second one. So I'm excited for that. And oh, one more thing, just admin wise, I have, I think, three more NPI sessions available. That's the new paradigm intensive sessions. These sessions are amazing. They have been magical so far. If you get in with us in October, then you will be able to join the first round of hot seats because I'm going to do the hot seats for this for the September and October readings, the second half of October. And yeah, you're going to want to join. So here's the deal on the new paradigm intensive sessions. This is for even if you've already gotten a human design chart reading, this is not a human design chart reading. So this is probably your next step that you're going to want to dive into. So everything's going to be changing in 2027. We're going to talk about that in this episode too. The shift's already started and you might be feeling it right now. Lots of changes, lots of uncomfortable things going on, lots of shifts. And over the next three to five years, almost every human on this planet will either switch occupations, move to a new location, have crazy, like big deal transformations and awakenings, change partnerships, change friendships, all kinds of stuff. Have have many ego death experiences. I have been going through an ego death for sure. Not sure if anybody else has, but all of these are very good things. But what I'm doing to help prepare you for this shift is meet with you one-on-one privately on a Zoom for 45 minutes. We are going to go over your specific purpose for 2027 and beyond. I'm going to give you a little bit of pre-work. You get this live one-on-one Zoom that's recorded that you get to keep forever You get a group hot seat call, and we're going to do that at the end of October. And you get three months of personalized homework to start activating your new paradigm purpose. I have never done these before, September 2023. I don't know how long I'm going to do them for, but I have three spots left for October. So if you want to grab one, send me a DM that says new paradigm session, and I'll get you the details and let you know that there's still a spot open for you for October. So I think that's all I have admin wise for you guys. If there's anything else you think of or any questions that you have, send me a DM on Instagram. So this episode is something I hadn't planned it, but I think it is important. I have been having a lot of conversations lately with other human design readers, people who are not necessarily readers or certified in human design, but very well versed in human design. And they're coaching their clients to utilize their human design for different things, business, life, parenting, whatever. This has been a common theme lately, just really random things that have been coming up that everybody is saying to me like, weird, I haven't heard any other human design coaches talk about that. So I wanted to talk about a few of those things. I am not your normal human design coach. I have done readings now for about four years. And I know all the ins and outs and I've 
give you the information or whatever, but I also apply some things that have come straight to me to my work and my coaching. And they're not necessarily tenants of human design. And the cool thing about human design is it's not a cult. So there's not a whole lot of rules. (laughs) Everybody's very, like, it's awesome. In the human design world, it's not like groupthink. It's very much like, well, how does this feel for you? You know, and I think that's why we talk about there being this seven-year deconditioning period, because I think it does take some time to let these things sink in, to learn to start using your body and listening to your body and being in your body instead of just your brain, your mind, and learning how to utilize this as a way to access your higher self, to access God, to access those downloads and things that come in, like pieces of information that are able to help you in your everyday life that don't necessarily have a, I don't know, a dogma or rules or anything like that attached to it. So human design's awesome for that. But I am very different than almost all the other human design coaches or readers that you're going to talk to out there. And there's a few reasons for that. And I'm going to share some things that I believe are truths for me about human design that you might not hear from other people. Some of them might be surprising to you, but some of them might just be like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. I just don't hear people talking about that. So the first one is, so human design was founded in 1987, right? I don't think it'll be around too much longer, honestly. I think the purpose for human design is to help us unlearn a lot of the rules and conditionings and way we think about ourselves as humans and individuals and the way we think about life. I think the purpose of it was to help us to unlearn those things. I think a lot of unlearning was done between 1987 and, Mm -hmm. you know, the past decade, like 2012, 2013. A lot of unlearning was done by a few individuals, which made a difference. It did make a shift. And now the past decade has when has been when human design has really picked up and become a lot more popular and well-known. And it's going to be even more so over the next five, 10 years. And, and then I don't know, like I'm not, if anybody tells you they know exactly what's going on and exact situations and dates and all the things that are going to happen, they don't. We don't really know. However, I have a feeling, I have a knowing, like that 6-2 profile, like deep inner knowing, that I feel like human design sort of going to evaporate in the next decade. I just don't think, I think as, as soon as we step into this new paradigm, I just don't know that there's going to be as much of a use for it anymore. I do think that gene keys might last a little bit longer. Gene keys is an offshoot of human design, I believe. So I'm going to link the um, gene keys episode I did below. I had a gene keys expert on. She's amazing. I'm going to link that below. Definitely go listen to it. I think that gene keys was founded in 2002 by 
Richard Rudd, who is a student of the founder of human design. And it brings a little bit more of the I Ching, I think, into it. And there's aspects of human design. It's definitely an offshoot. But I think that with us stepping into this new era, the gene keys are going to be a little bit more of a tool going forward than human design. There might be a lot of human design teachers or readers who are really mad at me right now (laughs) for saying this, but I just think we're going to evolve out of it. Um, And I think these, you know, there, I mean, I've had like one reading with somebody who didn't a hundred percent resonate with their chart one out of hundreds that I've done. And so I think that people very much resonate and it's very useful, especially right now. But I think moving forward after the, you know, after 2030 or 2035 or so, I don't think that as humans, we're going to need to be put in these boxes of projector generator, man, many gen, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you're just finding human design, please dive in. Please find out the type that you are. It's going to be so useful for you. But if you're maybe like in year five or six or seven, like me, then you might start thinking about some of this stuff. Like what has been useful for me? What can I now release? Because I don't necessarily need to put myself in a box, right? So that's one of the things that's maybe a little bit controversial about me as a human design expert is that I don't think it's going to be around forever. And if you've been practicing human design for a while, go check out Gene Keys. It's a lot of the same language and whatever, but it helps you to have a guide to do a little bit more contemplation. You'll see what I mean when you start diving into it. It's beautiful. And we do put, if you are interested in one of the new paradigm intensive sessions, I do enhance that a little bit with your gene keys. So, oh my God, it's just beautiful. It's so fun. Next thing, this is just one of my beliefs. Human design is not a tool that everyone needs in order to evolve. So probably everybody who listens to this podcast is very excited about human design, wants to tell everybody about it, wants to find out everybody in their lives, types and charts and all of that kind of stuff, which please do. If you're excited about it, like dive in because it's very useful. I don't think I would have evolved as much over the past five years without it whatsoever. But I also think there was like a soul calling for me to have this as a career at this point in time. So that's a whole other thing. And if you are like really lit up by human design, like becoming certified in it and, and utilizing it in your career is, this is a beautiful time to do that. But I don't think it's a tool that everyone needs in order to evolve. I think that right now, especially the ascension and the changes in our DNA as humans and the evolution to more like when people talk about 5D ascension, that's, it's not like, oh my gosh, we're going to like, I don't know, go to another planet or anything. It just means that we are becoming less matter 
and more light energy. And it's going to happen regardless. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a few episodes to my Dispenza episode. I sort of go into this in detail. So this is going to be happening anyways. I think it's been slowly happening over the last decade. And now is the time where it's happening more and more and more. You might see this in yourself or people you live with, people you're close to. There's a lot of people having ascension symptoms right now that can look like a ton of stuff like heart palpitations, vertigo, loss of interest in things that normally interest you, your body not accepting things that it used to. Like for me, alcohol is one of those things. That's been a slow process over the past few years, but lately, like this past six months, it's like anytime I've drink even just a little bit, it's sort of like I have a more immediate reaction of like, no, mm -mm, no, my body doesn't want this or other substances. There's going to be so many things that are going to be changing in your physical body and your mental and emotional body. And those are a lot of them are ascension symptoms. So this is happening regardless, just because there's more light energy coming to earth And it is causing us as humans to change and evolve. And it's sometimes not comfortable. So human design is a tool that helps in evolution. And if it freaking lights you up, then utilize that tool all day, every day. But don't push it on other people who aren't maybe interested in it or ready for it, or that's not the thing that they need for evolution. I would just say, Learn about it all that you can for yourself and learn about what other, you know, friends and family members are so that you can better know how to interact with them, but they don't necessarily need it. They'll come to you to ask you about it and ask you like, what in your life has changed? Like you seem different and then you can share it with them. You'll know. You can use your authority, your decision-making process to know when to share it. So that is another thing. The third thing that maybe other human design coaches believe this too, but sometimes it can be a little bit controversial. I think that a big part of human design's purpose is to help in the breakdown of certain structures, such as like I'll give the example of religion, like dogmatic religion. What's really interesting is that I grew up Methodist, and I still consider myself a Christian, but I consider myself a Christian in the way that I think Jesus meant to have a new way of interacting with God. I don't think he really even likes Christianity or intended on creating a new religion or a new church whatsoever. I think he more so wanted to break down what was happening on earth at that time, as far as the church and corruption and all of that kind of stuff. And I think he just wanted to create a little bit more of just community and love and all of that kind of stuff. And I I think he would be very sad with the state of the church as it is today. So that's just my own beliefs. But I think there's so many structures that are starting to break down and will be breaking down over the next five years or so. And I think that 
human design has a big role in that, honestly, because human design teaches us to think for ourselves and to question what people in authority might be telling you, aka the people who are ahead of your church. It's really interesting because I like in thinking about this lately, I was thinking back to my time in church growing up and through my, well, I went some in my teens. I went quite a bit in my 20s. And it's sort of crazy because that was not, I did not feel God in any of those places. Um, I wanted to, and I was yearning to, and I think I went back hoping to. I learned some things logically, like, you know, mentally, logically, that were very interesting to ponder. And I think that's one of the points of religion and reading the Bible and all that. I'm just speaking as far as my Christian background. But God was always some being, someone that I connected with myself in quiet times, not in a church, especially not in a church where like people were raising their hands. Now, listen, not everybody is being inauthentic when they do that. I think there are some people who truly feel the Holy Spirit or whatever through their bodies and want to raise their hands. But like the church that I went to in Austin, when that was going on, like every part of my body felt like, no, 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 no. Like, don't raise your hands. And then I've had experiences by myself where I felt incredibly connected to God. I was usually outside in nature and I was like, oh my God, I want to raise my hands and nobody could see me. And I wasn't doing it for like just being part of the group to praise Jesus with your hands raised while the band was playing. I was doing it like nobody can see me. And that sort of felt good except God. And it was like just a visceral reaction you know, to like being like, thank you, God, for these trees and this beautiful area and the water and the plants and the animals and everything. Like, probably some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I think that human design is going to help us to listen to our bodies. When I was in church and people would raise their hands, every part of my body said, ew, gross, no. I'm not judging those people. It's just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And at the same time, I remember growing up, the church I went to growing up, like when I was younger, was a Methodist church. So there wasn't a whole lot of hand raising. But singing of the hymns, I mean, I would start bawling. I would start crying. I just, I had a lump in my throat always because it affected me so much. And so music is something that is very much the way that I commune with God. And it, it feels like more intense, I think, when you are in a group of people all singing the same song. And that's, it just got to me. I also, I'm a band nerd. I play the flute. I love classical music. I love hymns. I love that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting. And like, that's the reason I know that this is real is because I can be in a Christian church and maybe they're both a little bit different, and have two totally visceral reactions. So it's not like the idea of church that is bad or good. It is so many different elements, whether it's sound or the way people are physically moving their body or 
any type of pressure I'm putting on myself to do the same thing as other people are doing, right? So that's what human design really helps you to do. And it's a slow process, but it helps you to say, what do I really feel like doing right now? In what way do I feel like connecting with God, divine, whatever? Or am I doing this to fit in? Or so that the person behind me thinks that I actually love Jesus? Am I giving 10% of my income to this church because I actually feel led to do so or because I feel guilted into it because once a month the preacher or priest gives a chat, a talk, a sermon on tithing, right? Dude, lately I'm like, I would rather give 50% of my income to MAPS, the psychedelic studies, than 1% of my income to the church. Lord have mercy. Like, whoa, how much more even if I gave 1% of my income to MAPS versus 1% of my income to the church, how much more good could I do? Because the church is not doing good lately. They're trying, but it's not happening. And I think we need to open our eyes to that. And I think, I mean, I believe you do not have to. I believe that human design is part of that progression and evolution I think it's going to bring everybody closer to God, and I think it's going to dematerialize the church as we know it, which is going to be a beautiful thing. The last thing that not a whole lot of people are talking about right now, but I truly believe. So 2027 with the new paradigm, people always talk about projectors, okay? 20% of the population, they're the new guides and leaders and the new CEOs as we walk into this new paradigm. I believe that. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I totally see that. I know a ton of projectors that were born in 1987. It's sort of crazy. I've done so many readings for women born in 1987 that are projectors, which is just, I think more projectors are being born and less manifestors are being born. So we're going to see how all that pans out. But I think 2027 is going to be the beginning of the age of the projector. I just believe there's going to be more projectors being born. And I believe that even if you're another type, I'm a generator, Manny Gen, Manifestor, Reflector, whatever. Reflectors are interesting. Anyways, I don't quite know what I think the purpose of reflectors is going to be as we move into the next five to 10 years. But I do think that all the other types that are quote unquote more normal, more less rare, I guess. So generators and many gens that are 70% of the population, I think we're all going to start slowly having more projector characteristics. I already see this in myself. I see myself getting way more efficient with work and not desiring to work eight to 10 hour days anymore. Like a year ago, if you've asked me this, I would think you're crazy because I've I love my work. Now that I found a career that is my true calling, I love working. And I've also become way more balanced and way more in my feminine of being present and enjoying. And this is very slowly happening. So I'm not, I'm not like Susie Homemaker right now, but slowly starting to enjoying cleaning the house more or decorating more or enjoying putting on my makeup more, enjoying taking really long walks 
And I'm not like worried about like, oh, if I take a two hour hike, it's going to cut into my work day. Like, I just don't think about that anymore. So I'm very much settling into more projector characteristics. So I'd love to know if you're a generator or manigen, if you're feeling that at all. I've been feeling this for six months now, but I'm starting to see publicly other generators and manigens talk about this. I remember a couple months ago, Kelly Brock actually posted about this. And she's also a 6'2 generator like me, but she talked about how she just has, as she's elevating and evolving and becoming her next level self, she's less ambitious. And I think that's part of that deconditioning process. And I think that's part of us stepping into the new paradigm. And I think it's the season of projectors. And if you're a projector already, this is amazing for you. I'd love for you to DM me if you're a projector, by the way, and if you resonate with any of this. And if you're not a projector, any of the other types, you can still step into those vibes and start seeing how much better our world is going to be as we shift to the projectors being the leaders and them being role models for how we now get to live more being, less doing, more presence less living in the future or the past, more trust and surrender, less force, hustle, push, frantic manifesting. It's going to be so good. That's all I have for you today. Those are my four controversial beliefs about human design that you won't hear many other human design teachers talking about or teaching. I hope you enjoyed this. Share this with a friend who's obsessed with human design. DM me on Instagram, tag me as you're listening to this and anything that comes up for you. And I'll see y'all next week. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at yudowoo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a cash kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.